What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, season two, episode forty. Up to episode forty, and we. We're back to having the windows open. We got the glorious, frosty, nippy air squeezing in. So that's a lovely little side note here on Tale of the Tapes today. <laughs> and on today's episode, we got Raekwon and AZ. So that's obviously Raekwon, original nine Wu-Tang member, and AZ, who was in the firm with Nas, Nature, Cormega, and Foxy Brown. So, I definitely have some things to say as far as my opinions on both of these guys. And I'm going to say almost the same thing for Raekwon that I say about most other Wu-Tang members, but maybe even a little more extreme on this one. So, I always tell you guys how even though I'm from Staten Island, I always felt, technically speaking, that Wu-Tang and most of its members were a bit overrated, especially lyrically. I feel a little bit redundant saying this lately because we've been covering a lot of Wu-Tang members and we're going to keep doing the same going forward as we're right in that time period where they really took over. But I'm sure that not everybody watches every episode, so I want to make sure that people understand my stance on each person before we get into them. Um... I actually felt that Raekwon was technically one of the bottom Wu-Tang members, and I expected him to score maybe not necessarily the lowest out of all the Wu-Tang members, but I expected him to be in the bottom half. Again, this is not to say that I thought that Raekwon was bad or anything like that at all. I don't really think anybody in Wu-Tang is bad, and I'm saying that based on just my opinion of growing up and listening to him and shit like that. Talking about lyrics and stuff like that, yeah, I, I never thought ODB was good. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and argue and say, oh, ODB's a sick lyricist. That's not what I mean. But he brought something else other than skill, obviously. Um, the other guys, I never really thought, like, anybody was bad. I don't ever remember hearing somebody on any of the Wu-Tang songs and being like, yo, who the fuck is this? This dude sucks. So, again, I just want to, you know, let everybody know I'm, I'm not trying to knock any of these guys. But if you were to name all nine members to me, I would have thought that Raekwon technically, again, maybe not with the total overall finish. I'm talking more like lyrically and stuff like that. I would have thought that Raekwon would have definitely been in the bottom half of Wu-Tang, technically speaking. And to be clear, I want to bring up that while I had most of Wu-Tang's material, I don't ever remember having any of Raekwon's solo work, so... Even though I did have a relatively strong opinion on him, it was admittedly pretty limited. Again, that's not to say that I dislike Raekwon, just thought he was overrated. And AZ is actually quite the opposite for me in a couple of different ways. Um, I heard I heard most of the Firm album, and I had at least two AZ solo albums that I can remember. And although I liked some songs, you know, I don't want to say like I bumped the album all the time or either one of them were my favorite albums or anything like that. Um, there were some songs on there that I liked, you know, maybe three to five songs on each album. But I certainly never thought AZ was anything special. And I don't remember anyone ever praising AZ to me the way that they praise Raekwon. So here we have a guy that comes highly praised to me. 
who I really don't think very highly of, at least definitely not up to the level that he's presented to me by other people. And then we have AZ, who is never brought up to me by anyone. I've never had anybody say, yo, AZ, man, AZ is the fucking sickest, bro. Um, I've never, actually, I've heard someone say that recently, like over the past year. Aside from that, I've never in my life heard anyone say that, but I did have AZ albums. And I did like AZ. Again, AZ wasn't one of my favorite rappers. And he didn't have any of my favorite albums or anything like that. But I fucked with AZ definitely more than I fucked with Raekwon. That's for sure. So this should be interesting seeing how these two finish off. Both artists today came out in 1995. But Raekwon was out first. So we'll start with him. Birth name, Corey Woods. Also known as Raekwon the Chef, Shalal Raekwon, and Lex Diamonds. Born January 12th in New York City, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1991 to present. So let's check out a bit of a background here on Raekwon before we get into my write-up of him. Corey Woods, born January 12th, 1970, better known by his stage name Raekwon, is an American rapper and member of Wu-Tang Clan. He released his solo debut, Only Built for Cuban Links, in 1995 to universal critical acclaim. He has since recorded numerous solo albums as well as continuing to work with Wu-Tang and providing an extensive number of guest contributions to other hip-hop artists' works such as his appearance on the first single of the critically acclaimed Outkast album, Aquemini. He is the founder of his own label, Icewater Records. Raekwon has been cited as a pioneer of mafioso rap. In 2007, the editors of About.com placed him on their list of the top 50 MCs of our time from 1987 to 2007. The Miami New Times described Raekwon's music as being street epics that are straightforward yet linguistically rich universes like a gangster Iliad. So mostly what I'd expect to see there from Raekwon, we know he's obviously very involved with Wu-Tang, being one of their main, more popular, more successful members who went on to have a pretty decent solo career as well. And we also see some websites, magazines, and things like that who also have some praise to sing for Raekwon, putting him in the top 50 MCs of our time. And I also want to touch on the mafioso rap thing, because while Ray did certainly help pioneer it, it was more of Cool G Rap who was the original pioneer of it, so I just want to be clear on that, that Raekwon did not create his own subgenre here, but he did certainly help pioneer a pre-existing one. So, now let's get into my write-up of Raekwon and see if my earlier impressions hold true, which, for the record, they haven't so far, with pretty much every Wu-Tang member, even one of my personal favorites, ODB. I did not expect ODB to finish as high as he did. So let's see if I continue to be wrong about every single fucking member of Wu-Tang here going forward. Growing up in Staten Island in the 90s, I'm not sure I had a choice in the matter of whether I knew Raekwon or not. That being said, I had never listened to a full Raekwon album up to this point. Although he did take a lot of shortcuts and didn't rhyme sometimes, he was great at using different rhyme schemes and also very good at being able to keep a topic. Ray was very good at telling very descriptive stories with very vivid bars, but most of his stories had very anticlimactic endings and felt unfinished. He was inconsistent with verses especially early on. He would absolutely kill a verse, then on the very next song be so-so at best, 
and oftentimes features carried his song scores. He was, however, good with multisyllabic rhymes, and even though I personally prefer the old-school classic Wu-Tang sound, technically he did get better with time and finished above average overall lyrically. Between himself and Wu-Tang, he qualified 17 albums for scoring. One was a borderline classic, two were great, 13 were good, and just one album was average. Of his 194 qualified songs, six were great, another 59 were good, and only one was weak. Although Wu-Tang as a whole probably did better overall than Raekwon did by himself, he was still one of the more popular members of the group and had influences on artists such as Naughty by Nature, Pete Rock, Sticky Fingers, Fredro Starr, Fat Joe, Ill Bill, Vinnie Paz, Agala, Lil' Kim, Razkas, AZ, Ghostface Killer, and others. While in some ways Raekwon was your typical New York rapper, he was original with his delivery, vocab, and rhyme style while still being part of a very original artistic group with their own sound. Alright, so again, I mean, that, that doesn't sound like a poor breakdown of somebody that I expected to not finish well here, so let's get into the math for Raekwon and see where he ends up. Lyrics, he gets a 6, and uh, quite frankly, I'm just going to say this, man, I did not expect Raekwon to get a 6. I thought Raekwon was going to be more near average, maybe 5, possibly 5.5, and, and again, I know that that probably doesn't sound like it's that big of a difference, well, alright, bro, he was a 6, would you think he was going to be a 5 or a 5.5, you weren't too far off, well, I kind of was, because it's such a big gap in between each of these things, and the way that I keep track of it, right, is like, five. you know, you start off at a 5, and then let's say you're doing some good things, slash five and a half, which kind of indicates to me that you've been doing some above average stuff, but haven't quite reached above average as an overall score yet. When you do, that score will change into a five and a half slash five, meaning you've officially hit a five and a half and that's what your score is, but you've just barely gotten there and any dips are probably going to bring you back to a five relatively quickly. So depending on what you do from there going forward, you will either go back to a 5 slash 5.5 or you will then move on to just being a 5.5 and, and there will be no slash at all, indicating to me that you're very comfortably sitting in the 5.5 range and you would have to do something relatively dramatic to get a slash 5 or a slash 6 there. If they keep going in the same direction, they will then get a 5.5 slash 6, indicating to me that they are now very close to reaching a 6 lyrically overall. If they keep going in that direction, they will then receive a 6 slash 5.5, again, meaning that they've officially reached a 6 overall, but they're very close to a 5.5, so any dips could bring them back to a 5.5. So, again, when I predict that somebody's going to finish around a 5 slash 5.5 or a 5.5 slash 5, and they finish all the way up at a 6... I was a couple of tears off. I know it doesn't sound bad when you just say the numbers as a whole, but I was pretty far off from where I thought Raekwon was lyrically, and I, I realized in listening to him why I never picked up on one of the things that made Raekwon so dope lyrically. Obviously, I've spoke about this before, probably with Jizza. I'm 99% sure I spoke about it when covering Method Man, but when I was younger and listening to these guys... You know, I wasn't counting syllables, I wasn't paying attention to rhyme schemes and things like that, and like I said, I, I didn't put all too much value 
on originality because I was so new to hip hop. So everything was different to me. So I didn't really care if these guys were, you know, not bringing something new to the table. These guys were bringing something new to the table. To me, it was all new because I had just gotten into hip hop in probably 1995, let's say, or 1994, around there. Wu-Tang's first first album was out in 1993, and Jizz's first album was out even before then. So when these guys came out, I wasn't even really listening to hip-hop. So by the time I started listening to their shit, everything was all new to me. Every single thing that came out, he could have been the most typical rapper of all time, and to me, it would have been new. So I didn't notice a lot of that, which was a big part of what made a lot of Wu-Tang dope, but I also didn't catch a lot of the rhyme schemes and syllables and things like that, because quite frankly, it's just not really something that I was listening for, especially at that age. Obviously, I am now, you know, just knowing the art more and have having been around it and listened to so much more of it at this point and then also being involved in this study and just knowing what to look for without even really having to think too much on it. Obviously, I'm catching a lot more now than I did when I was younger, but speaking on one of the main things that I think that really made Raekwon super dope and something that probably went completely over my head was how long and far he was able to stretch out some of his different rhyme schemes. So, there were times where at first listen back in the day, you know, I'd hear Raekwon say something and I would assume that he just didn't rhyme with it. He would say, you know, I'm sitting at this desk recording a podcast. And then his next line would be, I got the window open and I'm enjoying the cool breeze. And I'd be like, this guy didn't even fucking rhyme. But what he would do is two bars after that, he would say, I don't care about the cold. I ain't scared. I'm going to freeze. And then whatever, go back to something that rhymed with podcast. I'm not trying to be ridiculous off the top of my head here. I'm not trying to be impressive. I'm not trying to come up with anything crazy. I'm trying to show you the different schemes. So a lot of people, when they use different schemes, it's inside of the two bars, right? So in in bar one, they'll have, let's say, you know, whatever it ends with, we'll call A. And then in bar two... There'll be two words prior to the next ending of bar two going back to bar A. There'll be two words in there, let's call them BB, that rhyme. And then the end of bar two will go back to the end of bar one and rhyme with that. So it'll be an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern. There's all different things you could do. You do A, B, 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 A. You could do A, B, B, C, C, A. There's a million different things you could do. So I don't want to get too into that. But the point that I'm trying to make is that Raekwon didn't always have bar two rhyming with bar one. Raekwon would do something a lot of times where he would have bar one would end with A, bar two would end with B, bar three would end with B, and then bar four would go back to A. Okay, so it was something different. It was something that I hadn't really seen much of from anyone prior to getting up to Raekwon, so it was pretty original that he did that. Now, I don't want to say that Nobody else had ever done it because people had definitely done it prior to him. I don't want to say that Raekwon was the first person to ever do this in a song because he wasn't. But Raekwon was one of the, the first people to really implement it as a style. And you really had to pay close attention to make sure that you caught everything from Ray in this fashion. Now, that being said, there were times where I paid attention and I thought he was going to go back to something and he didn't. So there were times that he did just not rhyme and stuff like that and... Like I said, there were some shortcuts and things like that. So while Raekwon wasn't the best lyricist in Wu-Tang and wasn't really necessarily a top lyricist overall, 
He was definitely sneaky good and was much better than I gave him credit for. So he gets a 6 there lyrically. Albums, he gets a 4.68 with zero classics. And that's a really good score for sure. Like we spoke about, he did have the one borderline classic. It probably was a Wu-Tang album if I had to guess. I don't know that for sure. But if I had to guess, it was probably a Wu-Tang album. But I wouldn't argue with somebody that said, no classics, bro. Raekwon had a fucking classic. All right, cool. I'll give you that one, one, one disagreement on a line here or there on a song or something like that could have, could have been the the only thing that stopped that from going over the edge. So whenever there's those borderline classics, there's a reason that I'm not just calling it a great album. I'm calling it a borderline classic on purpose because I want you guys to know that it was so, so, so close to being scored as a classic that I wouldn't argue with anybody that did score it as a classic. On top of that, he had two more albums that were great, and then another 13 that were good. Just one album out of 17 total that was even average. So obviously impressive stuff there on the album score from Raekwon. Songs, he gets a plus .26, which isn't major, but he does gain a quarter of a point. And again, he's getting a plus here where other people are getting minuses. So that came from 195 qualified songs. He did have six great songs. Only one song was weak, which by itself, that would be pretty impressive. To only have one weak song out of 194 total songs, that's pretty impressive by itself. To outweigh that number six to one and have six great songs in there, obviously he did way more good than bad when it came to the songs category, so he does get a plus there. Nothing major, but a plus where he could be losing points. Impact, he gets an eight, and again, this is simple. This is pretty straightforward. I've told you that. Anybody that was an original nine member of Wu-Tang is going to get some sort of above average score. Average at the very, very least for Impact, depending on who it is. But anybody that was original nine member of Wu-Tang is going to get a pretty decent score or an above average score in Impact. Obviously, like we spoke about in prior episodes covering other Wu-Tang members, the top guys, Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface, ODB, um, maybe possibly even, even RZA. These guys are obviously going to get very, very high impact scores, probably 7.5 at the lowest, so Raekwon gets an 8 here. Like I said, one of the more popular dudes, um, not necessarily an ODB, not necessarily a Method Man, didn't have quite the same success by himself that he did with Wu-Tang, but still one of the more popular members, still one of the top guys, still has a pretty long list of names that he influenced there, and some pretty big names on that list as well, so that eight well-deserved there for Raekwon, and then originality, he gets a seven and a half, I mean, this, these two things, honestly, impact and originality, pretty much every Wu-Tang member is gonna get above average scores in this department, I can't say that for sure, because I don't know what some members are going to do on some of their solo work. Maybe they take a lot from other artists. Maybe they, you know, do a 180 on their solo work. I'm not saying that anyone's gonna, but maybe they do and they sell out and just go commercial and abandon the Wu-Tang sound. I don't know. I just want to say that the door is open, so I don't want to officially say that every single one of them is going to get above average for impact and originality. But off the top of my head in general, probably all nine of them are going to get above average scores in impact and originality. Very impactful group as a whole. Very original group as a whole. So the the members themselves would have to do a lot to take away from that to not wind up with above average scores in impact and originality. And, you know, a couple of things there for Raekwon. Like I said, there were some things about him that were your typical New York rapper. And 
I don't want to give Raekwon credit here for creating this subgenre of mafioso rap. We've we've touched into that in the 80s. Cool G Rap was really one of the main pioneers for that. Um, Biggie, you know, was was another pioneer for for mafioso rap. Raekwon, another one. So these are guys that did help shed light and and bring a little bit more popularity to these genres than maybe it might have got originally with Cool G Rap. But again, I want to be clear, they were not the first to do it. So, you know, nothing too crazy there from Raekwon where he's going to get credit for creating his own subgenre. Um, you know, it doesn't lose anything. I'm not saying that he bit it off of uh, Cool G Rap or Biggie or anything like that. But again, wasn't the first to do it, so he's not going to get credit for that there. His delivery and his voice and his vocabulary and like I spoke about with the rhyme style with the you know, bar one, then two and three rhyming, and bar four going back to bar one, which was definitely different than I had seen anybody else really come with the style prior to him. So, you know, more, way more good than bad for Raekwon when it came to originality. And like I said, he's already starting with a good score just based off of, off Wu-Tang's originality with everything that they did coming in as a group and doing what they did. So really good scores there for impact and originality for Raekwon. You add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 5.29, which puts Raekwon in 31st place of 184 artists done overall. So a couple of things here. Number one, that's not a bad finish for Raekwon at all. And that should certainly guarantee him a spot in our top 75 or so when this is all said and done and Probably even higher if I had to guess, but I like to be safe when I give those assumptions. Um, I believe Raekwon is now the fourth original nine member we've covered from Wu-Tang, and every single one of them has exceeded my expectations and my opinions on what they were going to do. I'm certainly man enough to admit when I'm wrong, and it's starting to become pretty apparent at this point that I was probably pretty damn wrong with my feelings and my pre-rankings of Wu-Tang prior to this study. So I would like to now send out my official apologies to all my Wu-Tang fans out there. I am graciously admitting defeat, especially to my friends that would constantly praise Wu-Tang to me. Pete, ma'am, you're one of them for sure. I got to give you credit here. Um, but yeah, shout outs to Raekwon, man, and shout outs to Wu-Tang as a whole. Definitely much better than I gave him credit for yet again. So, moving on to AZ, who also had his debut solo album out in 1995. Birth name is Anthony Cruz, also known as AZ the Visualizer, Sosa, and the Rap James Bond. Born March 9th, 1972 in New York City, United States. His genres are listed as East Coast Hip Hop and Mafioso Rap. And his years active are listed as 1992 to present. So here's another one who you see, you know, the genres listed as mafioso rap. So like I said, around this time frame, this was a little bit more of what was coming out. You guys remember that we covered Ski Low not long ago, and he was actually praised for coming out with a song that had, you know, pretty positive lyrics considering how popular the gangster rap and the mafioso rap and things like that were becoming at that time period. So... In this episode today, you can kind of see what we were alluding to when we spoke about that. Um, let's read up on a bit of a background on AZ. Anthony Cruz, born March 9th, 1972, better known by his stage name AZ, is an American rapper from Brooklyn, New York. 
He is known for being a longtime and frequent music partner of East Coast rapper Nas and also a member of the hip-hop group The Firm alongside Nas, Foxy Brown, Cormega, and Nature. Online magazine About.com listed AZ as the most underrated rapper of all time and made it onto the site's top 50 MCs of our time from 1987 to 2007 where he was reiterated as arguably the most underrated lyricist ever. AZ first became known by appearing on Nas's landmark 1994 album Illmatic on the song Life's a Bitch, as well as featuring vocals on the opening track The Genesis. AZ signed with EMI and soon released his debut album Do or Die in 1995 to critical acclaim. The album's lead single Sugar Hill became AZ's major commercial success as a solo artist, reaching number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and achieving gold status. AZ's EMI contract was transferred to sister label New Tribe Records and Virgin Records when the EMI label group was shut down. In 1997, AZ joined the group The Firm with Nas, Nature, and Foxy Brown and released their only album as a group, The Album. In 1998, AZ released his second solo album, Pieces of a Man. The album fared well, but did not chart quite as well as his debut and did not feature a crossover hit single like Sugar Hill. After the album's release, AZ signed with Motown and Universal Records and released Nine Lives. In 2002, he released Asiatic. A single from the album The Essence featuring Nas was nominated at the 2003 Grammy Awards for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group. So some pretty interesting stuff there for AZ. Obviously, I spoke earlier about him being in the firm, so that info comes as no surprise. But we do see some other stuff there, like some involvement in some big things with Nas that people may not have realized was him. We see a successful debut solo album with a decent charting single and also a Grammy nomination. But the other two things that really stand out to me in this background is how his lack of willingness to make a crossover single on his second album seems to have cost him, at least when it comes to commercial success, and also the fact that he has been called more than one time the most underrated lyricist of all time by multiple sources. That is something that I want you in particular to remember as we go forward with my breakdown of AZ here. I always personally enjoyed AZ and even had a couple of albums of his. That being said, he was never my favorite, and at no point in time did I have any idea of just how lyrically amazing this guy was. He was absolutely incredible with all different types of rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes, and had an effortless flow. He also showed the ability to keep topic and tell a story while remaining extremely consistent, not just from album to album or song to song, but from verse to verse and bar to bar. Technically, he never faltered with time and finished as an incredible lyricist. AZ qualified nine albums for scoring, eight solo and one with The Firm. Of the nine, one was good, two were borderline classics, and the other six were classic albums. This finishes him with not only the highest album score to date and the most amount of classic albums, but he now has 33% of all classic albums overall through 130 plus artists done so far. Of his 113 qualified songs, none were ever anywhere near weak, 58 were good, 
and another 38 were great. This means he had more great songs than average songs, and over one-third of his songs were great. AZ may have influenced the likes of Mace, Sheik Looch, and a few others, but he is majorly underrated, underappreciated, and underrecognized by the hip-hop community in general, and I doubt anyone outside of that circle would even know who AZ is, unfortunately. While AZ's flow and rhyme style were rather unique, there was little else standout about him in this area to give him credit for. He did borrow a fair amount of stuff from Jay-Z, but he also never seemed to veer off his path or dumb down his music to sell records. So, we spoke about earlier in his background how he was touted as one of the, the most underrated lyricists of all time, and I obviously just gave him immense praise for being an absolutely incredible lyricist, so let's get into the math here and see what we got. Lyrics, he gets an 8.5, which is tied for first, and I, I don't really have all too much more to say on it, um, AZ was just extremely impressive right away. From the first song I put on of this guy, he just started taking off. He was mind-blowing with multi-syllabic rhymes. He was mind-blowing with all different rhyme schemes and stuff like that. His flow was absolutely effortless. He had a great ability to keep a topic, a great ability to tell a story. And through him doing all these different things, through him telling stories... Through him keeping a specific topic on a song or things like that. Through all of that stuff, never once did his lyrical ability dip in any way. So when he was talking about specific things or telling stories, he still managed to be just as impressive lyrically as he was on other songs where he maybe wasn't trying to keep a topic or wasn't trying to tell a song. So absolutely incredible top lyricist here from AZ and... Man, I had at least two albums of this guy, and this shit was not on my radar at all. I never, ever had AZ as a top lyricist. Um, albums, he gets a 7.11 with six classics. And this is mind-blowing in a number of ways. So, a couple of weeks ago, we, had, we covered Big L. He had the highest album score of all time, which I'm not trying to take anything away from L., Obviously, super, super impressive stuff there from Big L, but I do want to point out a couple of things. Big L, only three albums. Um, one of them was with DITC, so two solo albums and one with, uh, with a group. And then AZ here, we have something similar, but just more material. So we have nine albums in total instead of three. So three times the amount of material, and we still do have a group album. So... The group album with Big L was the only one of his that didn't receive a classic album score, but he was still able to do so well on both of his solo albums that his overall album score was still that of something that was above a classic album. So, AZ, the same thing here, where the group album, I don't believe, was a classic. Six of his solo albums were classics, and then we had... Two of the remaining being borderline classics. So we're talking about eight possible classics here from AZ. I'm sure people that are huge AZ fans and love this guy would probably turn around and might tell you that all of his albums were classics. And quite frankly, I wouldn't argue with it. I literally would not argue with somebody that told me every album that AZ dropped was a classic. Ooh. So... 
AZ's album score a little bit higher here than Big L's. This is not to pin AZ and Big L against each other, but these are the guys with the two top highest album scores here. And I just want to point out that AZ's is not only a little bit higher, but is three times the amount of material. So we speak on, on speculative things of, okay, well, if Big L would have stayed around and made another five or ten albums, would they have all stayed classics? Was Would he, would he possibly have kept that pace? Again, it's speculation. We don't know. Maybe he would have. Maybe he would have gotten better. Maybe he wouldn't have. But AZ was around and did put out more material and did keep that pace. So the fact that he was around obviously affords him the opportunity of creating more classic albums. But obviously he has to deliver on that. He has to actually make them classic albums. He did. So really incredible stuff there from AZ when it came to the albums. The highest album score there six classic albums which is like i spoke about not only more than anybody else to date but he now has one third of all classic albums given out so there's only been 18 or 19 classic albums given out in total up to this point in the study az has six of them again just absolutely incredible stuff there from az when it comes to the album department songs he gets a plus 3.4 which I don't remember Big L's exact score. I don't believe that he topped Big L's song score, but still absolutely incredible stuff here from AZ. Obviously much more material from AZ. So the fact that he was able to put out 113 songs against whatever Big L had, I think it was 40 or something like that. Again, it's just about three times the amount of material. And although I do think that Big L's song score was slightly higher than that, the fact that this guy was able to keep that pace throughout 113 songs and 9 albums is absolutely mind-blowing. We talk about people getting plus or minus a whole decimal point. This guy getting plus almost 3.5. So again, obviously absolutely mind-boggling, incredible stuff there when it came to AZ. When it comes to killing a verse or killing a song or putting out a classic album or something like that, Man, it's going to be tough to top this guy here for sure. Absolutely mind-blowing numbers here. Moving on to Impact, AZ gets a 4.5, which is below average, and that's obviously going to hurt here. We talk about this, how when you, when you get these low scores in certain departments, you know, I'm not going to say that AZ is not going to finish well, but, you know, we got people like ODB getting a 10 in originality, getting an 8.5 or a 9 in Impact and things like that. Guys like Method Man, you know, 8 lyrically, 9 for impact, 9 for originality. So, it is going to be tough to get up to a certain level when you're receiving a score like a 4.5 in anything. Um, not a tremendous list of names there for AZ. He did have the one single that did really well on the first album. Um, we did have the Grammy nomination, but... No awards won, no no major success there with like records sold or anything like that. And we do see how quickly AZ seems to just have been left behind and forgotten in the wind. All because on his second album he chose not to quote unquote sell out and make some sort of single that probably would have resulted in much better album sales. And you know maybe just more overall commercial or main, mainstream success in total. 
But he chose to stay true to himself. He chose not to go that route. And it does come back to bite him a bit. I don't want to say that AZ is getting a four and a half in impact because he decided to not make a single. But that seems to have been the start of it. And he kind of just chose his lane from there. And, you know, just chose to focus more on the quality of his music rather than the success and the popularity of it. Originality, he gets a five and a half. And again... It was a bit of give and take here, and AZ didn't bring all too much originality to the table. He didn't follow any trends, he didn't sell out his music and stuff like that, and those are really the main reasons why he's getting an above average score for originality here. He, he was relatively unique with his flow and his rhyme style. But other than that, and other than not selling out, he really didn't bring much to the table. Um, his content wasn't very original. His image wasn't overly original. Again, he didn't follow anybody or else that would have dragged him down. But, you know, nothing too crazy there. So I thought it was enough for him to be above average. But again, nothing too crazy for originality there from AZ. Now you add all those six numbers up, because remember we have the lyric score, the album score, the song score, the impact score, the originality, but then we have to add six on to that total because of the six classic albums. So you add those six numbers up and you divide by five, and that gives you a final rating of 7.00, which leaves AZ in drum roll, please. Seventh place of 184 artists done overall. So, obviously, not only an incredible finish there for AZ, but a super surprising one, at least for me. And this is kind of mind-blowing to me that not only did I have some AZ albums growing up, but I've also heard him on multiple Nas songs, The Firm, etc., and I liked him. This is not a dude that I just wasn't into. Like, all right, I don't really know much about him. I liked this dude. I went out and got a couple of his albums. Never once was this guy anywhere on my radar for either being lyrically this good or to finish this high overall. That's for sure. And can we just talk about something real quick here before we move on? We talk all the time about how average scores land you close to the bottom and also about how if you want to finish anywhere near the top, you'll probably have to nearly dominate every category. Here we have AZ who gets an originality score of 5.5, just above average, an impact score of 4.5, which is just below average, and he still manages to finish inside of our top 10 overall here. So... Absolutely incredible stuff here from AZ. Probably one of your most talented artists to date. And now, that makes two firm members that I liked who apparently were completely over my head as a youngster. And now we have the two major figures from the firm sitting just one spot away from each other, both inside of our top 10 overall here. So, huge shout outs to AZ and Nas and the firm in general for sure. Also, that means that now we have another song breakdown here today as AZ makes our third artist inside the past four weeks to crack our top 10 overall. And I'm super excited about this one because I'm sure there are some pretty skeptical people right now. 
after those scores that I just gave AZ. So let's get, so let's go to his list and let's hit random. So this is AZ, Your World Don't Stop. And this is from his debut solo album, Do or Die, in 1995. To some brothers from way back Those I dug we hug besides that black I don't say jack I stay in tune with the sun stars The moon goes behind bars Your doom if your mind can't consume Alright, so while this isn't the most amazing AZ verse I've ever heard This is pretty typical AZ here for sure And it seems like we're getting some pretty good stuff So he starts off by saying I wake up to them rapping tunes every afternoon I be home soon I see the board sometime after June so, a couple of things I want to address here. Right away, it seems like there's nine syllables rhyme because we have rapping tunes afternoon after June. But, afternoon and after June, the first two-syllable word of after is the same. So, we have rapping tunes afternoon, which is six. But then he also has be home soon, which is seven, and June, which is eight. So, impressive stuff there when it comes to the amount of rhymes on the first two bars for AZ there. Um... The line itself is, is nothing too crazy. He's just stating some simple facts there, but he manages to do it in a way where he has so many rhymes in there that it's impressive stuff, well above average for sure. Then he goes on to say, met a couple convicts, that's way beyond sick. It seems they dig my style because I'll be on some Dawn shit. So nothing too crazy there, nothing to raise the score or anything like that, but we can still see six syllables rhymed on the two bars there. So... When we have some bars like this where, I'm just going to use this word for lack of a better term, when AZ has his filler lines, quote-unquote, that aren't necessarily raising the song score, it's still above average shit here. Still six syllables rhymed in there. It's not like he's just got the, you know, sick and shit at the end of the verse that just rhyme with one rhyme and one syllable and stuff like that. So, still impressive stuff here from AZ. Then he says, Laid back, I ran into some brothers from way back. Those I dug, we hug. Besides that, black, I don't say jack. So again, similar stuff here. He does have a rhyme pattern here of laid back. I ran into some brothers from way back. So back and back are the same. So it's really just laid and way, which is A-A. Then he says, those I dug, B, we hugged, B. Besides that, A, black, A, I don't say jack, A. So we have an A-A-B-B-A-A-A rhyme pattern there, which is not your typical. We don't normally see that. And yes, it's just one syllable. Um, laid, way, dug, hugged, that, black, jack. So again, simple on the actual rhymes, but a lot of rhymes there plus the rhyme scheme. So again, more impressive stuff there from AZ. Then he says, I stay in tune with the sun, stars, and moon. Because behind bars, you're doomed if your mind can't consume. Now, before we even get into the technical aspects of this rhyme scheme, syllables, all that type of stuff, I want to talk about what he's saying in the actual bars because this is some important, uplifting shit from AZ. And AZ did stuff like this. So 
AZ would talk about these things where his vocabulary would be very dope. The way that he picked where his words were going to go were very dope, flowed with each other very nice. And a lot of times he would have these deep sentiments that came out in these bars that you may not have really recognized what he was actually saying or the message he was trying to convey. So he says, I stay in tune with the sun, stars, and moon. Because behind bars you're doomed if your mind can't consume. So he's obviously talking about being in jail. I mean, he's been talking about that for the most of the verse here. He started off saying, you know, for those that's locked in Comstock, my people's in San Quentin and Clinton. So he's obviously, you know, talking about jail in some way, shape, or form here. I won't say the song is about jail. We'll listen as it goes on and see if the whole thing is about that. But it could be just something he's addressing here early. But speaking on that topic, he just talks about how I stay in tune with the sun, stars, and the moon. So, you know, I don't need this TV. I don't need this shit. I don't need that shit. I don't need these earthly possessions and this bullshit. I make sure that my mind is right. I make sure that I'm focused on the correct things. Why? Because behind bars, you're doomed if your mind can't consume. So he's basically just saying, if you allow your mind to be occupied by these earthly possessions, the money, the jewelry, the TV, the this, the that, you'll you'll be easily mentally broken, especially in jail, because they're going to take that shit away from you. So if that's all you know and that's what you rely on for your happiness and your strength and stuff like that, they're going to easily strip you of your own mental power. But me, I stay in tune with the sun, stars, and the moon. So it's a powerful line there. I do want to point that out. Now let's get into the technicalities of the line, right? I stay in tune, A, with the sun, stars, B, and moon, A, because behind bars, B, you're doomed, A, if your mind can't consume, A. So now we have an A, B, A, B, A, A rhyme pattern, which is, again, extremely impressive and differs a little bit from the rhyme pattern we had before, but still manages to be an atypical rhyme pattern and something that even when people do do different rhyme schemes, you don't normally see them do these. So again, tune, moon, bars, stars, doom, consume, just one syllable on the rhymes, but a lot of rhymes. So yes, they are simplistic one-syllable rhymes, but there's also seven of them on the two bars. So again, he never just takes the easy route and just rhymes one syllable on one word at the end of the bar. He's got different rhyme schemes, unique rhyme schemes, seven rhymes on the two bars and stuff like that. So on all eight of those first eight bars... No, not every single one of them raised the song score, but we definitely did have some that did raise the song score. And even on the ones that didn't, we still had impressive stuff there from AZ. So we can definitely see that this guy is an effortlessly smooth, dope lyricist. Her spiritual pain can bring forth physical rain And without knowledge of self, how else can a criminal change? And being locked up just ain't the life for me Shit is way too trite for me And coming home soon sounds so nice to me But you can bet I'm bouncing out with mad props And if I get chopped or not, baby pop My world won't stop yeah, nigga, I got 25 in my cup in here, nigga I'm Alright, so then he goes on to say from there, plus spiritual pain, spiritual pain can bring forth physical rain. 
And without knowledge of self, how else can a criminal change? So again, let's talk about that line real quick and what he's saying. He's trying to uplift. He's trying to give knowledge here. He's addressing people that are in jail. Plus, spiritual pain can bring forth physical rain. And without knowledge of self, how else can a criminal change? So the line itself is dope. Dropping knowledge, uplifting his people here. Still speaking about the same thing. So I will be interested to see if he speaks about this, this jail stuff the entire song. But now let's get into the technicalities of the bars here, right? I mean, the amount of syllables rhymed on here is obviously incredible. Spiritual pain, physical rain, self, else, criminal change. There's obviously way more than eight syllables rhymed on those two bars. The line itself is dope. And he also, again, has a rhyme pattern plus spiritual pain, A, can bring forth physical rain, A, and without knowledge of self, B, how else, B, can a criminal change, A. So more impressive stuff there, a dope line, another rhyme pattern, the amount of syllables rhymed, super impressive. And this is, you know, halfway up to a good song already, and we're not even through the first verse here for AZ. So then he goes on to say, and being locked up just ain't the life for me. Shit is way too trite for me. You're coming home soon sounds so nice to me. So again, this is, I'm going to use that, that word, quote unquote, filler lines here from AZ. Now he still does keep this topic here, but it's a little bit of a mirage here of what's going on. So life for me, trife for me, nice to me. It's really just life, trife, and nice. So just the three single syllable rhymes there on those two bars, which is probably the most simplistic that AZ's been here. Uh, on this first verse, but he does decorate it pretty nicely. It sounds better than just life and nice. You know, you got life for me, try for me, nice to me. So he dresses it up nice there, but I do want to just point out that it's really only the one syllable rhyming. Then he says, plus, you can bet I'm bouncing out with mad props. And if I get chopped or not, baby pop, my world don't stop. So again, single syllables on the rhymes there, but he's got props, chopped, not, pop and stop so again he chooses to throw five on there rather than just use the last two words in each bar with a single syllable rhyme and just be very simplistic um still talking about the same thing again nothing major there that would raise the song score at the end or whatever but still keeping this topic here so i didn't think that going into this song that this was going to be a song where he spoke about something in particular and quite possibly got points to raise the song here. But we can see throughout the first verse that he did speak about the same thing the entire time. So let's see if he's able to continue that going forward. And also just want to address that on those last couple of bars there at the end, he's basically just indicating that, yeah, I, mentally I stay on point. I do what I got to do, um, you know, in case I get caught. Or whatever. I live my life how I live my life. But that ain't going to stop me from doing what I do. I understand the risks of what I'm doing. I understand I could get caught. I understand I could be thrown in jail. But my world don't stop. Right? Which is the name of the song. So let's get into the second verse here and see what goes on. And in here, it may slow 
Rolling up the same for blowing backs out 5 to 15 Seeing the bean until they max out Misbehaving, acting uncivilized like cavemen I witnessed brave men that gave inside of minds And turned to gay men, nobody's playing Drama prisoners be posted praying On some lotion laying, sleep, get your whole shit banged in Hanging from who's to warn you Out of the hell these inmates going through On behalf of a phone crew Doubt if anyone is normal Okay, so trying to let him do a half a verse at a time here because I, I don't like to stop it too, too often. Obviously, if somebody's going so insane that it's almost impossible to even keep up with, then I'll probably stop it every four bars or something like that. But I try to let as much of the verse play through as I can without any of us really getting lost on what's going on here. So let's backtrack. He says, and in here, inmates all end up the same from blowing backs out. Five to 15 seeing the bean until they max out. So again, nothing too crazy about the bars themselves. Obviously talking about jail still. You know, in here, all inmates end up the same from blowing backs out. And then he goes into 515, seeing the bean till they max out. So we do have a rhyme pattern here again. This one a little bit different. This one a little bit more simplistic. Um, in here, inmates all end up the same from blowing backs out. A... 5 to 15, B, scene, B, the bean, B, until they max out. So an A, B, 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 A rhyme pattern here. Backs out, max out. It's just backs and max really out of the same word. So nothing too, too crazy there, but he does throw in a little rhyme scheme. Then he says, misbehaving, acting uncivilized like cavemen. I witnessed brave men that gave in, sodomized and turned to gay men. So obviously we can see there's a lot of syllables rhyme there, misbehaving, acting uncivilized like cavemen, I witnessed brave men that gave in, sodomized, and turned to gay men. So there's a couple of things in there with like brave men, cavemen, gay men. So there are some where it's not two syllables, but behaving, cavemen, gave in, things like that. So there are enough syllables there for it to be extremely impressive. And again... This is just one of those things where he's not saying anything too crazy, right? He's still talking about the same things, but there's nothing too crazy about the line, but it's a truthful line. He's talking about things that he's seen in prison. It's a truthful line, and he finds a way to take a simple, truthful line and still make it complex enough to where he's able to rhyme this many syllables in there. Then he goes on to say, Nobody's playing drama. Prisoners be posted praying on some low shit laying. Sleep, get your whole shit banged in. So similar here to what he did prior where there's nothing too crazy about these bars, right? But he also finds a way to rhyme enough syllables to where it goes way above some average shit there. And he also throws in a rhyme scheme. So pay attention here. Nobody's playing A. Drama, prisoners be posted praying, A, on some low shit, B, laying, A, sleep, get your whole shit, B, banged in, A. So we have an A, A, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern there, which again is different from the other ones he did, and again is unique in the sense that it's not one that you hear people that use rhyme schemes, that's not one that you hear them doing often. So... Again, more amazing shit there. A lot of syllables rhymed, different rhyme schemes used. This song is basically up to a good song at this point, and I haven't even factored in whether he continues to talk about the same thing for the whole song yet. So 
We'll have to see where that goes, but really, really impressive stuff here from AZ. Then he goes on to say, hanging, plus who's to warn you out of the hell these inmates gone through from three halves of a four group doubt if anyone is normal. So there again, I mean, just, you know, nothing too crazy about the bars, sticking to what he's talking about, painting a picture about being in prison, and just again, finds a way to rhyme a lot of syllables in a pretty straightforward bar here. Warn you, gone through, full group, normal, so just cool ways that he finds to word things and just a lot of syllables rhymed, a lot of rhyme schemes used and... You know, I personally hope he's able to keep this topic going forward because at this point, we're through half the song and he spoke about the same thing for the entire first half of the song. So, you know, when somebody maybe has a verse about something and then they go on to something else or whatever the case is, you know, maybe you weren't trying to make the whole song about something. Maybe you were just addressing something in a verse or whatever the case is. But this to me at this point, you know, we're halfway through the second verse now and not for a single second in any bar have you deviated from talking about being in jail? So at this point, I would like to see him continue going forward with that and hang on to it for the rest of the song. Now, I spoke about in my breakdown that AZ was good at keeping a song topic, so if I had to guess, he probably will keep this topic going forward and wind up getting credit for that at the end of this song. But right now, we said it about a good song, so let's see how he finishes off this second verse here. Went over all, it's hard to call who would try to play you. My kid for my tunes, caught a car, boomed through his navel. Nothing to save you, even CEOs to try to grave you. It's painful to even know those are most faithful love betray you. I lay low key, cause I ain't Hercules. Trying to get out early on work release. Praying the system work with me, cause I ain't trying to see three hots in a cot. Two I rot, that ain't my plot, baby pop. My world don't stop. Alright, so more of the same there again from AZ. He says, and overall, it's hard to call who would try to play you. My kid from my tomb caught a carved spoon through his navel. So, again, talking about the same thing. And he's just trying to point out that, you know, there's a lot of paranoia and shit. I don't even know if I should use that word because paranoid really is when you're you're overly worried about something that really isn't like a, a rational fear. Being in jail, he's trying to point out... It is a rational fear. You never know who's going to do what to you. You know, I thought this was this one dude that was in the cell with me and whatever. And then he got fucking stabbed with a carved spoon through his navel. So he's just trying to point out that you never know what the fuck could happen in here. You know, never let your guard down. Never trust anybody to the point where you think, ah, oh, this dude wouldn't do anything to me or anything like that. Because you really just never know who's out to get you in here. And on top of that, he has another unique rhyme pattern there. So he has an overall A, it's hard to call A, who would try to play you, B, my kid from my tomb, C, caught a carved spoon, C, through his navel, B. So we have an A, A, B, C, C, B rhyme pattern there, which again, super unique, super impressive stuff there. This is just something that, AZ has a gift doing. He can just take whatever he's simply trying to say. I'm just trying to let you know not to relax in here. Keep you keep watching your back. Don't let your guard down because you never know who's trying to play you out here. Very simply could have just said that, just like that, right? But no, this guy finds a way to rhyme all these different words and use all these different rhyme schemes and rhyme patterns here. You know, taking a, something that he's just simply trying to to portray to somebody and finds a very complex and intricate way to, to word it all together and do it. So, 
Obviously a gift AZ has there. Then he goes on to say, Nothing can save you. Even COs will try to grave you. It's painful to even know those who most faithful will betray you. More of the same there from AZ. Just trying to paint a, you know, another picture about being in jail. Listen, you think these cops are here to protect you? You think these COs are here to save you? They're not going to save you, bro. They'll fucking kill you themselves. Alright, so don't get it twisted. And then he goes on to say, It's painful to even know those who most faithful will betray you. So, again, a lot of dope stuff here from uh, from AZ. A lot of syllables rhymed. Different rhyme schemes. And this is, you know, just above a good song at this point. Still climbing. Still doing the same stuff lyrically. I lay low key because I ain't Hercules. Trying to get out early on work release. Praying the system work with me. So more of the same stuff there from AZ. He's still talking about the same thing. Still just saying what it is that he wants to say. But again, instead of just taking an easy way out and just having some filler, he's got Hercules, work release, work with me, which work is the same thing, but with me, release, Hercules, low key, things like that. There's enough syllables there for this to be more impressive stuff here from AZ and just more of the same. This is what he finds a way to do on pretty much every bar that comes out of his mouth. Then he says, cause I ain't trying to see three hots in a cot till I rot that ain't my plot, baby pop, my world don't stop. So he ends that verse in a similar fashion to how we ended the first verse where he's kind of saying the same thing, but he finds a different way to word it. But again, three hots in a cot till I rot that ain't my plot, baby pop, my world don't stop. So again, single syllable rhymes, but he manages to throw six of them on there and manages to end the verse the same way that he ended the first verse, but still manages to make it different to where it's not exactly the same, but he's keeping up with the same context there. So let's get into this third verse and see how he finishes this song. Discharged and set free. Fuck who's gonna sex me? My mind's more based on making my next G. Now let's see. Left alone, me is a juvenile. No more moving fallopy now. Possess me with this mover style. Blessing my mental with mathematics to map shit through graphics. Fuck it. I ain't with hustling backwards. Alright, so in this verse, AZ more the same. And this guy just blows my mind, man. His fucking flow is just so smooth and effortless. And. If you don't rap, you might not really understand what I'm saying, but there has to be a certain amount of syllables in every bar. Um, your words have to be placed over particular parts on particular instruments. It's almost like your words are another instrument that you're putting over what's already there on the beat. Obviously, with that instrument, you're not just making noises and you are trying to say some dope things, but it does have to be noted how smooth and dope and effortless this guy's flow is because that is a skill for sure. I have seen people that say some dope things, but their flow is very off. Their, their, the amount of syllables are not right on their bars. The words that they're putting in certain places are not in the right places. They're not set over the right instruments and things like that. For the most part, unless somebody's just starting and they really do understand music very well and it just clicks... For the most part, this is not something that most people will understand. It's kind of just something that you understand or you don't. Now, again, that's not to say that somebody can't be taught how to flow dope, but it usually is just something that you either get or you don't. 
It's like, you know, punching power, they say in boxing. Sure, you could lift weights, you could get stronger, um, you could increase your physical strength, you could work on your speed a little bit. And I'm not saying that you won't ever hit any harder than you did prior to starting to work on it, but you either have power or you don't, right? You know, guys like Tim Bradley. Guy weighs 20 pounds less than me. He looks like he weighs 25 pounds more than me. He's absolutely jacked, ripped, shredded, six-pack, huge arms, huge biceps. Guy can't punch for shit, never knocks anybody out. Probably a very strong dude, but just doesn't, for whatever reason, doesn't have that punching power. Then you got guys like Sergey Kovalev and things like that who look like they have zero muscles and look like they're not strong at all. These skinny, lanky dudes, they touch people and it's lights out. Okay, this is just... Some people just have these heavy hands, these dense bones, these fast twitch muscles that just are different from other people and it just comes with this otherworldly power that no matter how strong some people are, they just don't have the power. And I've fought people like this. I've boxed people like this. When I fought in the Golden Gloves, fought a kid named Deshaun Williams. Very skinny dude, um, much taller than me, very lanky. Didn't look like his power was going to be a problem at all. Did he put me down? No, he didn't put me down. I took his shots. Um, he wobbled me probably twice. But when I looked at the kid going into the fight, I said, yeah, I'm just going to steamroll this kid. I'm just going to come forward. I'm not worried about this kid hurting me. I'm going to make this fight really fucking ugly, and I'm going to drag this kid into a dogfight. At some point in that first round, he earned my respect. And... I won't say that he made me stop coming forward because I came forward for the most of the fight, but I realized at some point that I didn't have the skills to outbox this kid and to not come forward. So, you know, I made a decision after I realized that he did have enough power to hurt me. I, I said, well, you know, fuck it. I'm coming after him anyway, and I'm either going to force him to put me out or I'm going to put him out. And he eventually did stop me. Really skinny kid that looked like he had no power, but he had some serious pop in his shots. Again, he didn't drop me, he didn't put me out, but he hit way harder than I thought he would have looking at him. And then I have another kid who I boxed, uh, this kid Kern that, that used to be in my little boxing league that I had. It wasn't in a serious Golden Gloves fight, but I mean, this dude outweighed me by 40 pounds when I was fat. So, very athletic, very in shape, very, very strong kid that used to hammer people playing football. So, physically strong kid. But, I mean, this kid was landing combinations on me. He has fast hands, and he wasn't affecting me in any way at all. Like, at all. A kid that weighed literally 70 pounds less than him was hurting me much more than he was. So, I just want to point out that flow is similar to that, where... Black Thought is another one, just an absolutely effortless flow. Every syllable is in the perfect spot. Every word, every rhyme is said over a particular instrument that goes with something else, and it's all just beautifully interwoven. So if you can't hear that, if you can't catch that, I apologize. I wish that you could. It's a beautiful thing to recognize. Some people can recognize it. They hear it. Nah, bro, I hear that his flow is smooth and really, really dope. But if you played somebody whose wasn't and you asked them to technically explain to you why this guy sounds so awesome and this guy doesn't sound so great to your ear, they probably wouldn't really be able to explain it to you. They can just hear it. So, you know, there's different levels of understanding, but this guy AZ, when it comes to flow and rhyme schemes and syllables, is really on some other shit, bro. A top dude here. 
He starts off by saying, so until the day I'm discharged and set free, fuck who's going to sex me. My mind's more based on making my next G. So when we're talking about technicalities, syllables, rhyme schemes, all that type of stuff, nothing special here that would raise the song score. But I do think that this is a pretty dope line. He's pointing out, you know, when you're in jail, you're in there with a bunch of men. And unless you're gay and fucking somebody in the ass or whatever the case is, you're not having sex, obviously. So a lot of times when dudes are getting ready to get released, it's yo, I got to get out of here and get some pussy. Which is understandable. I don't I don't blame anybody for thinking that. But AZ's just trying to point out to you where his mind frame is. Fuck who's going to sex me. My mind's more based on making my next G. Which he addressed at the end of each verse, right? I ain't going to stop, baby pop, till I get knocked. My world don't stop. Whatever he's saying, a little bit different. But pointing out where his mind frame is. I want that fucking money, bro. And as soon as I get out, I'm going right back to get it again. I don't give a fuck. Then he goes on to say, now let's see. Left alone, me as a juvenile, no more moving foul. The penile possessed me with the smoothest style. So these two bars kind of quite the opposite of the two bars prior. The two bars prior technically didn't have anything too crazy on them where they were going to raise the song score, but I did think it was a pretty dope line, and he made a strong point there. This one is kind of quite the opposite. He's not saying too much. He's not saying anything overly impressive, but we do have juvenile, moving foul, smoother style. So another nine syllables rhymed on the two bars there, which is well above average, very impressive stuff there. Little by little, he's chipping away and raising this song score. He's at just about a two and a half now, so it's not quite at a three. But again, he's still talking about being in jail here, so we could have an extra quarter of a point added on for that at the end. So we'll have to see if he's able to keep this up. But more impressive stuff here from AZ. Then he says, Blessing my mental with mathematics to map shit through graphics. Fuck it, I ain't wit hustling backwards. So again, he's kind of finding a way to really take something relatively simple, which essentially he's saying, I always figure out a way with my mind to get more money because I, I, I don't hustle backwards, right? If I made fucking 50 grand last year, I'm making more than 50 grand this year. We ain't making 40 grand this year and saying we did good. Nah, we, I ain't going backwards, right? But instead of just simply saying it, he again finds a way with syllables to make this extremely impressive. Blessing my mental with mathematics to map shit through graphics. Fuck it, I ain't hustling backwards. Again, it's those that syllable count that he finds a way to just little by little chip away at this song score and raise it little by little. So let's see how AZ finishes the last verse here and then we'll talk about a final rating and whatever else we heard in the song.
So again, that right there is AZ, Your World Don't Stop, off his debut solo album, Do or Die, in 1995. And he finished that verse the same way he started the song. Like I spoke about in AZ's breakdown, he was very consistent, not only from song to song, verse to verse, but from bar to bar, and we can see that here. No, not every single bar raised the song score, but yes, every single bar was above average. You know, no, nothing that he lost points for anywhere. No shortcuts, no run-on balls, no nothing. So, extremely impressive stuff here from AZ. He says, A wiser man with ideas of live or plans, more mature and for sure done so all my eyes can stand. Again, more dope stuff. So we have wiser man, A, liver plans, A, more, B, mature, B, for sure, B, done saw, B, all my eyes can stand. Major, major shit there. So just with wiser man, liver plans, and eyes can stand, it would raise just based on the syllables right there. And then in between those, throwing in another rhyme pattern, we have more, mature, sure, saw, all that shit. So we have an A, A, B, 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 A rhyme pattern. And we also have 13 syllables rhymed on the two bars. So again, more awesome stuff here, raising the song score than he says. Sitting, trying to design these words of mine to define what occurs when you serve in time. So we have design A. Words B of mine A to define A what occurs B when you're serve B in time. A. Crazy with the rhyme scheme there. We got A, B, A, B, B, A. Another crazy, unique, impressive rhyme scheme there. Another whole bunch of syllables rhymed. Enough to raise the song score. So... He's snapping out here on this last verse, similar to what he did prior, but this is a little bit more consistent where every cup, every bar here seems to be raising the song score as he close out this song. Then he says, Stress just blurs the mind. Behind bars, scars are signs of hard times. So again, before we get into the technicalities, let's look at what he says here. Dropping knowledge, uplifting. Stress just blurs the mind. That's such a simple thing to say. Uh, you know, that's not any right there. Technically, it's not anything to raise it. But think about the power of what he's saying. He's informing you, man. Stress just blurs the mind. Get rid of that shit because you can't think with it. Stop being so fucking angry. Then he goes on to say, behind bars, scars are signs of hard times. So you got mind A behind A, bars B, scars B, are signs A of hard B times A. So we got an A, A, B, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern there. Bro, I don't need to explain this to you. That's obviously incredible. Most people won't do this ever in their career. This guy has had four to five or six unique rhyme patterns that he's used here. His syllable count has been impressive on the majority of his bars, and he's dropped so many deep and subtle, dope, uplifting lines here that probably go under the radar a lot, depending on what you're looking at. And then he closes the song again by saying, but I ain't trying to see three hots in a cot till I rot. That ain't my plot, baby pop. My world don't stop. So, couple things. 
He ends verse 3 the exact same way he ended verse 2, which was with a similar closing as he did on verse 1. But on verse 1, he says, Plus you can bet I'm bouncing out with mad props, and if I get chopped or not, baby pop, my world don't stop. The second one said, Because I ain't trying to see three hots in a cot till I rot, that ain't my plot, baby pop, my world don't stop. So a similar thing there, but a little bit different. The third one, exactly the same as the second, so not really different. I always like to pay attention and see if people can find a way to kind of change their ending every time, but still have it be almost the same. If that seems to be something that they're pursuing, it seemed to me to be something that he was pursuing as the second was similar, but different from the first. The third, exactly the same as the second. So... He's not going to lose credit or anything like that for that or nothing. Um, but, I mean, this is a great song. No question about it. This is a great song. Um, he won't get points for this being an original song topic. And I want to talk about this for a second because you can get points for something being an original song topic. But in order for you to get points for something being an original song topic, you have to actually rap about that song topic for the whole song. So, you can make a song about going to the circus... And if nobody else has had a song about going to the circus, then I'm going to say right off the bat, oh, okay, here's a song about going to the circus. This is different. But then if you rap and you're not rapping about going to the circus, you're not going to get credit for making a song about going to the circus. Now, the reason I point that out is because if you make a song about going to the circus and you rap about going to the circus the entire time, you're going to get a quarter of a point for each one. You're going to get a quarter of a point for having a very original song idea. You're also going to get a quarter of a point for being able to keep the topic throughout the whole song. So here, a little bit different. AZ is not going to get a quarter of a point here for this being an original song topic because it's not original. I'm sure somebody's made a song about either being in jail or going to jail or talking to people that are in jail before. But he does have a particular topic that he is able to hold for the entire song here today. So... Not a half a point, but a quarter of a point. And quite frankly, just based on the things that he said, his lyrics, his rhyme schemes, his amount of syllables rhymed, his, you know, couple of really deep, dope, uplifting bars that he dropped, coupled with the fact that he was able to talk about the same thing the entire song. We have another great song here today, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I want to reiterate, this was certainly not the best that I've seen of AZ. I've seen AZ probably tally up a great song score just off of his first verse alone. So let this be an example of something that, yes, this was some amazing stuff here from AZ. We did get a great song here. There was nothing lackluster about this breakdown. But this was certainly not the best of AZ. So when you hear that eight and a half lyric score, understand that it was very, very, very well-deserved. AZ, an absolutely incredible Top lyricist, no question. Don't know why I didn't hear this when I listened to AZ growing up. Um, and, and when I say growing up, I want to be clear. I wasn't 12 years old when I was listening to AZ. I, I was bumping AZ albums while I was driving around in my early 20s. So I don't want to say I was too young and it went right over my head. I just must not have caught how super dope this dude really, really was at the end of the day. So... I want to give a major shout out to AZ and I want to give credit where it's deserved. I told you guys to remember when I read his breakdown, more than once this guy was referred to 
as one of the most underrated rappers of all time and one of the most underrated lyricists of all time. And after my breakdown of AZ and seeing what we just saw in the song breakdown of AZ and looking at where he finished both lyrically and overall, I am going to go out and say that not only is AZ one of the most underrated lyricists of all time, and not only is AZ one of the most underrated rappers of all time, but AZ is, quite frankly, taking underrated out of it, probably one of the best rappers of all time and one of the best lyricists of all time. So not only is he very underrated, but he's just amazing flat out. So I really do want to give credit where it's due here to AZ. Absolutely incredible stuff. And let's see what these finishes do for him here as we get into our list. So we're going to start off with our top 10% overall. And I'm sure you know we have some changes coming here. In our top spot, we have Big L, who's in 5th place of 184 artists done overall. Directly behind him in 6th place is Nas. And directly behind him is AZ, who's in 7th place. Directly behind AZ in 8th is Method Man. And a couple of slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in 10th. Directly behind Black Thought, we have Tupac and Biggie, who are in a three-way tie for 11th place. And behind Pac and Big in 15th, we have Pharaoh Monch. Behind Pharaoh is KRS-One, who's in 18th. And behind him in 22nd is Jizza. Couple of slots back from Jizza is Slick Rick, who's in 24th. And a couple of slots back from him in 26th is Rakim. Directly behind Rakim is Redman, who's in 27th place. And directly behind Redman is Common, who's in 28th place of 184 artists done overall. So yet again, we have another artist able to not only crack this top 10% overall list, but finishes extremely high in it. This obviously means everybody in that list is slid back a spot, which causes our last spot, which was occupied by Lil Wayne, to be slid out of our top 10% overall list here today. And a very short stay there for Lil Wayne as he was just put in there last week and is now ousted the very next week. But shout outs to Wayne for even making it into that list at all. Certainly no easy task. Also, we're starting to see all these gaps being filled in here now. We had, you know, 5th place, 10th place, 12th place, 15th place, shit like that. Now what are we seeing? 5th place, 6th place, 7th place, 8th place, etc. like that. So those spots that were once big gaps are being filled rapidly here now. And we're seeing who has been hiding in those spots. Yay! Now on to our current top 10% lyrically overall. And we have another huge addition here as well. So we now have a four-way tie for our top spot between Pharaoh Monch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas and AZ, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them in 5th place, we have Method Man with a lyrical score of 8. And then in a 4-way tie behind them for 6th place, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, all with lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have another tie for 10th place between KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who received lyrical scores of 7. And then behind them, in an 11-way tie for 12th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, and Lil Wayne, 
all tied for our last available lyrical spot with lyrical scores of six and a half. So AZ able to tie for our top spot lyrically here and well-deserved for sure. AZ, a top lyricist, no question. And I do think it's pretty crazy that two of the firm members are tied for our top spot lyrically here. I would have never guessed that going into this at all. So shout out to AZ, shout out to Nas, shout out to the firm. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. Shout out to the veterans who paved the way. Now our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. So your top five artists to come out in the 90s are uh, all right. Big L, Nas, AZ, Method Man, and Black Thought of the Roots. So AZ able to climb into yet another list, this one being one of the hardest lists of the podcast to crack, and he does it with ease, which unfortunately means that Tupac and Biggie are now ousted from our top five rappers to make their debut in the 90s so far, and how fucking crazy does that sound even just saying that? I mean, the level of competition here in the 90s has taken an absolutely dramatic turn to another level here. But shout out and rest in peace to Tupac and Biggie. Obviously, man, two of the most iconic figures in all of hip-hop history, no question. And now let's get into our new list that we started this session of our top three artists from each region of the country. And again, we have a huge addition here. So starting with our East Coast, your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Big L from Harlem, New York, Nas from Queens, New York, and AZ from Brooklyn, New York. Moving over to our West Coast, your top artists to come out of the West Coast thus far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him, Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California, and in our last spot, Everlast, also from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the south thus far are Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And in our last spot, Big Boy, also from Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Common from Chicago, Illinois, Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio, and Lazy Bone, also of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and also of Cleveland, Ohio. So on top of already cracking every list he's been possibly eligible for, AZ makes his way into one more list here as one of the top MCs to come out of the East Coast thus far. This unfortunately slides Method Man out of our top three from the East Coast, and sadly for me, slides Staten Island as a borough out of one of the top three spots in our East Coast and is replaced by neighboring borough Brooklyn, represented by AZ. So, absolutely amazing stuff here today from AZ. And I really can't say enough about this guy, especially as a lyricist. One of the most slept-on rappers of all time, in my opinion. So, major shout-outs to AZ and Raekwon here today, who both far exceeded my expectations. 
If you'd like to see any or all of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash Tale of the Tapes podcast. Be sure to give the page a like if you're interested in following anything going forward, such as schedule of artists to come, uh, artists that were left out that didn't make the cut, things like that. If you want to see any of that in writing, you can follow that page on Facebook. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host site, you'll see a support button. Please hit it and support your boy Formsy. That's what it's there for. And that's it for another eventful episode on Tale of the Tapes. Next week on Tale of the Tapes, we have down south rapper Fiend and underground New York artist Agala, who will be our last two artists from the calendar year 1995. So our last week next week in 1995. After that, we will slide into a new calendar year of 1996. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well.